Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, This week, I'm so excited um, for this guest because we have I feel like such a connection already. And so I just can't wait to like dive in more. Um, This week's guest is Christina Lenkowski and she is the founder of Plubicity by Christina. So thanks again so much for joining me. I am so excited to be here, Nicole. I got my champagne poured and ready to start chatting. Yes, I know. I mean, Friday's starting with a mimosa. I know. One of the best ways to kick off the weekend. (laughs) I'm having an 11 a.m. mimosa without uh, orange juice, so. I know. See, I mean, I know. See, I say mimosa as well, and that's what I have, but I mean, it's seriously like a splash for, like, color. Like, I don't taste (laughs) any orange juice. And then by I the like second it. one, it's just straight champagne. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I'm like, yeah, I'll have it with some orange juice. And then one or two in, I'm like, nah, just forget it. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's too sweet. I'm just going to go for the champagne. Um, are you liking the champagne? I do. Um, awesome. I actually really do. I haven't had this one before, and it's delicious. Yay. Awesome. I always love it when it's like- Oh, a, thank like, you. Yeah, you're welcome. I always love it when it's like a hit. Because sometimes I feel bad. Like, I feel like I should actually ask people, like, do you like sweet ones or dry ones? Because I always just- send dry because that's what I love. Yeah, I was going to say that's what I like about it, that it's really dry because yeah. sometimes you never know and I'm not a big sweet wine fan. So this is, this is perfect. Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, I feel like mostly people like it, you know, dry, but I guess for my Southern girls, I should ask them because sometimes they <laughs> yeah, like the sweet. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for okay. sure. Awesome. So let's dive in. You know, how long have you had your business? Um, how'd you get into it? Like, you know, who does it help? All of that fun stuff. All that good stuff. Um, So I have been a small business owner for five years um, since I had my daughter. Um, And at that point, I had worked for agencies like uh, public relations agencies, marketing agencies for, um, you know, 10 years or so at that point. And when I had my daughter, I was just ready to, you know, kind of do things more on my own schedule um, since I had her. And so I started to kind of just do some freelance writing, do some freelance PR and did that for about a year or so until I started my first company, which was called Sparrow Travel Media. And that was all about um, tourism PR. So um, a lot of people don't really realize that like every city essentially has a a certain amount of tourism dollars that they can use based on who comes into their town. I shouldn't say every city, every city that has a hotel, Mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah. Um, Because there's like a tax attached to it, right? That they can use? Yes. That's the tax you pay. People, um, you know, sometimes like just to backtrack for a second, but people get very worked up about like a hotel tax, like Mm -hmm. their bed, you know, their bedroom tax or things like that. But that's what helped that, that's what that company or that company, that city, that's the tourism dollars that they use. So that's what 
that tax goes towards essentially for them to be able to bring new people in or to do like beautification projects or things like that, that make their town more desirable. Um, and that's why places like Airbnb, VRBO, they all now have that tax installed. They did not at first. Mm-hmm. And that was something that people like loved about it because they didn't have to pay the tax. Um, but Airbnb and VRBO finally realized like, okay, we're never going to be able to work together with these cities if we don't start charging this tax right? because they're never going to promote us and they're not going to be okay with us being there. Um, So they kind of started, they, they decided to do the tax and you know, that helped a lot with everything, but um, that's a very long sidetrack, but um, But it's helpful. No, I like it. Yeah. It's it's kind of helpful to have the background because otherwise you're like, okay. Um, (laughs) And so a lot of the uh, tourism places, they, you know, like you live in Hood River. um, I live in Boise. Those are both towns that kind of have established tourism bases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they kind of have some money to bring people in and stuff. But then there's a bunch of smaller towns um, throughout the United States and Canada where they don't have a big budget to hire an agency. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of money to put towards that. And so what I did was I created a company, um, Sparrow Travel Media, that was all about teaching them how to do their own PR. So how to do their own publicity. So I had a membership and I had a course um, that were related around that. And I very much enjoyed it. I loved it. I'm very passionate about tourism. Um, I grew up in the Willamette Valley. So I always, I mean, I saw what tourism did Mm -hmm. um, to that region and how much better it made the cities and stuff like that, that I grew up in. Um, So that was great. I very much enjoyed doing that. Um, But when COVID hit, um, tourism has really, really, really suffered. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's something that really, I don't know when it's going to be able to recuperate itself. Um, you know, people aren't traveling like they used to. Um, I mean, international travel is essentially nothing. Right. Um, you know, people are kind of trying to tours and places are trying to figure out what their next move is. Um, and I had already kind of been toying with the idea of pivoting towards what I'm doing now, but COVID kind of just I guess I could say like sped that along. Right. Um, Gave you that little push over the edge. Yeah. It was like, you know what? I think you're done with, (laughs) with this or, you know, you're ready to kind of move into something else. And so essentially I had been doing PR for myself, doing publicity work for myself when I owned Sparrow Travel Media, getting on podcasts, um, writing guest posts, that type of thing. And I just really loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. I love being on podcasts. I love writing. um, And I was like, I'm going to do this for other entrepreneurs. And, um, so that's when I started publicity by Christina and it has been super fun to do the live trainings. I mean, I have private clients as well, Mm -hmm. but to do some of my group trainings and stuff like that, um, has just been really, really awesome. Um, and kind of one thing that I always like to say is I was that person who was following what all the marketing gurus were saying, like you should put your, all your money, you know, all your promotion should be done through ads Mm-hmm. should be done through, you know, this type of stuff. And and that worked with me for me to a certain point, but it wasn't until I switched over to kind of doing the publicity work that I really started to get a lot of traction. But that isn't something that's talked about a lot um, by some of these bigger name people because it's just harder to track, yeah. um, you know, than ads and stuff like that. And I completely understand that. But I want people to know, I want especially female online entrepreneurs to know that there is another way to get out there, get in front of people and not be paying a ton of money to do so. 
Yes, totally. And when they're used together, I mean, it's mm-hmm. huge. Like exactly, exactly. That's the thing. Like I'm not anti ads or anything like that, right. but I think that publicity needs to be a pillar yeah. of the work that you do. Like yeah. ads should be a pillar, marketing should be a pillar, and then publicity should be a pillar as well. Um, it's not that one's greater than the other. It's just that this should be on the table as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like whenever I talk about digital marketing to people, I try to like just explain it. Cause you know, they hear that and they're like, I don't know what that means. Or they think of like yeah. pay-per-click and I'm like, it's like a pie, you know, it's like social media is a mm-hmm. slice, SEO is a slice, publicity is a slice, like, yep. you know, email marketing, all of these things, like you said, they are all not, not one's better than the other, but when you nope. can use them together, I mean, that's when you really start seeing results. Exactly. And, and what I, you know, just to go back to your pie analogy, that's kind of what I use too. Like there's three main pieces of the pie, which is earned, owned, and paid. Mm-hmm. Um, so paid is those ads, owned is the things you own. So like your social media, your website, stuff like that. And then earned is publicity work, media coverage, um, stuff that you get from a third party um, yeah. that you don't pay for. Um, so that's that's kind of those three things that, that should go in tandem. That's awesome. And so you teach every people, entrepreneurs, how to do their own publicity? And I do. Or, okay. Sweet. Yes, I do. So I do it on behalf of some clients. Some clients just prefer to have me do it. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> um, and the same thing with marketing. Some people are like, yeah, that's great, but I don't really feel like doing it. I'm like, yeah, okay. exactly. And, and then some want to know how to do it themselves. Exactly. And I'm like, that's cool. And you know, I'm that way with certain things. There's certain things that I pay for. Cause I'm just like, you know what? I only have a limited amount of hours in my week. Right. And you know, this isn't what I want to use it on. Um, So I have private clients, but then yes, I also, um, I just did a live training on how to pitch yourself to podcasts, um, which was really awesome and got great feedback on that. And then I um, am going to have a course, which is actually going to be, and I'm really excited about this, a live masterclass series. So weeks of hour to hour and a half long trainings that are going to take you through the steps of how to kind of get in the mindset of doing publicity work. Um, all the way through to writing your pitch and how to track it and all that good stuff. That's awesome. Um, what, like, do you have like a website and everything for that? that I, and yes, I will. I'll more? send that to you. And if you okay. could put that in the show notes for the waitlist, yeah. that would be awesome. Totally. Um, it's going to be opening up in mid-October. So I will definitely keep um, everyone updated through that waitlist, anyone who's on the list there. And I'm just really, really pumped for it. Um, the thing about publicity is I think people get very, they get really up in their heads about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, well, I don't have a big, uh, Rolodex of contacts to, you know, reach out to, to do all this publicity work. And I'm like, I live in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> like <laughs> I live in Boise, Idaho. Like if I can get my clients on, you know, these podcasts or get them in publicate, like bigger publications, stuff like that. Trust me when I say that it's not a matter of like who, you know, right. it's right. a matter of knowing how to research appropriately and pitch appropriately. Um, and so that's kind of the the main things that I'll be teaching. Awesome. And those are so needed. Like those are such awesome skills that you could, you know, business owners could use forever, you know, and yes. to like and use them really grow. Speaking, you know, difference, like getting, trying to get themselves speaking engagements, stuff like that. Absolutely. It's just something that's going to, going to help you kind of grow and grow as a, as a business, you know, as a business owner. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So you mentioned your your business that you have, you're married, your five-year-old daughter. Yes. How do you balance it all? Like, do you have any tips on work-life balance or what are your thoughts on it? 
let me take a sip of champagne. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, as anyone, well, everyone is going through this right now, whether you have kids or not. I mean, stuff's hard right now. Mm -hmm. Um, To find the balance in the middle of this pandemic is is hard. Um, But, you know, the way that I have done it is, um, or the way that I'm trying to find balance is... um, I, I will invest in getting help. Um, like I will invest in someone that's going to, like we have someone here right now that's watching my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I'm, I'm very, like they're not here full time, but I do have someone here part time to help us with her um, because I need to be able to work and my husband works full time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, how we do it. Um, I wish there was some kind of secret that I could tell you, but there's really not it. it the secret for me is, um, have some, like, just how you said, some people don't want to do it themselves necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that I don't want to parent. I love being a parent to my daughter, but I also love my work Yeah, and I don't want to put my daughter in front of a screen all day. Um, which is what I would have to do if, um, I did want to work and she was still at home. So for us, that's hiring someone to come and, and help out and um, play with her and, you know, help take care of her for a few hours a day. Yeah, I love that because, I mean, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, us as moms, we're like, oh, I should be there like 100%. Yeah. Do, you know, like there's, I know for totally. me in the beginning, it was like this struggle, like, oh, do I work? Do I oh, stay sure. home? Or like, and how can we balance that? And that's perfect because like, if, I mean, I know some moms like that 100% that's all they want to do is like stay home and yes absolutely. Like, and that's awesome like that is uh-huh. so awesome it I, is. I like that isn't 100% what I want to do nor do I want to like go and work 60 hours a week you know what I mean totally. so it's like just working yeah. through all of those feelings and finding that mm-hmm. balance yes I, and I think I come from a little bit of a different perspective because my parents both worked full-time when I was mm-hmm. growing up so I also didn't have um I didn't have some of the guilt that I know a lot of other people feel like, because I like went to daycare growing up, mm-hmm. um, as well. But my mom, like, cause people say like, well, so your mom didn't even, you know, when people kind of get, you can tell they're kind of like, Oh, so your my parents were always, my parents are my parents. Mm-hmm. Like my parents are still who raised me. Like I went to daycare during the day, but I mean, my parents are who I went on trips with, who loved me, who I was with every single night. Um, you know, stuff like that. No, nothing is going to replace your parent. Right. Um, and so that's kind of the thing that I remind myself too sometimes is like, yes, we have someone here to help my daughter a few hours a day, but like she knows who her parents are and she knows, um, that we love her and, and we're who she's with most of the time. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And then, you know, it also like that helps you at, like as a mom, like you're getting fulfilled and, and she yes. sees that, you know, like she feels that energy. You know what I mean? Totally. Here I am drinking champagne at 11 a.m. She's yes. like, what a life. Right? <laughs> what a life my mom leads. <laughs> <laughs> She's so cool. I want to be like her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember once my daughter's 10 now, but she was probably like two or three at the time. Actually, she had to be mm-hmm. like three, three or four. And I, at the time, I was actually an assistant winemaker for one of the wineries out here. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, it was super awesome. fun. And we were like, what do you want to do when you get older? And I'm just hoping that was because I was an assistant winemaker. It's not because I drink wine so much. She was like, I want to drink wine like mommy. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. I was like, yes, because I taste wine professionally, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You like have to like, you're like, well, the reason she said that. Yeah, exactly. I love that. That's so awesome. I love that. 
Um, so also too, with, you know, like balancing like, oh, and work and different things, like a lot of like apps and automation make our lives easier these days. Definitely. Like what are your favorites? What are your go-to apps and automations that you use? My all-time favorite thing that I use that I know some people don't love, but I love Slack. Um, I think Slack is awesome. Um, I use that with, um, the people, uh, you know, I have it for kind of different reasons. I have it for the, uh, someone who helps me out, a person that helps me out, Susie, like I can connect with her through Slack instead of sending emails back and forth constantly. I also use it to connect with, um, some of my biz besties, some of my friends that are business owners as well. We have like a channel, And so we can pop stuff in there if we have questions for each other or just cheer each other on in general. Oh, if you Um, guys ever need any more friends, I want to. (laughs) Okay. Got it. On it. Um, And then, um, you know, I also am part of another Slack channel that's just for creatives. um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they kind of post kind of the same thing, like maybe interesting articles or things like that. Um, I also have used Slack like with, um, a coach before, like when I had a business coach, uh-huh. that was one of the channels that she used with me. And so that was really helpful. Um, so yeah, I just, I just love Slack. And when I do, um, the live masterclass series, Slack will be a part of it. Like I'll have Slack office hours oh, and stuff cool. like that. And kind of the reason for that is that so much of what I deal with is writing. Um, that Slack is, is really nice because people can actually, put in a paragraph they might want me to look at or something like that. And it's really easy for me to do that. Yeah. Slack's cool. Like it, uh, it's, I love it. I'm just a big, big fan. I can get on my phone, get on my computer. It's, um, it's a good one. So that's, that's a big one for me. Um, we use Trello as our, um, you know, kind of project management, Mm -hmm. um, tool. I'm not great at it. Um, my Susie, my, um, VA, she would appreciate it if I was a little better, <laughs> with it. but I think, I do think that it's a really cool tool. I just know that it, the, it's not Trello. It's not Trello. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, I just have a hard time with, I don't know. I have a hard time with like, this is what you need to do. Like, I want to do things as I want to do them. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that Trello kind of is good for is t- saying to me like, okay, I know you want to do this, but like you need to get this done first. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know I have a Trello account and I have things set up, but I have not been in there in a while. Like I write everything down. I'm like a list writer constantly. Yeah. I'm a list writer too. Yep. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just can't. And I, I don't get as much satisfaction as like checking it off digitally as I do. Yeah. <laughs> checking it off <laughs> no, paper. <very> true. <laughs> I always still laugh at my best friend because she, um, she still has a paper planner. And, and like a paper calendar and stuff like that. And I'll be like, oh, hey, so do you guys want to come such and such weekend? And if she's out and about, she's like, oh, okay, well, I'll I'll get, I'll check when I'm home and I can get in front of the calendar. And I'm just like, are you 80? Like, stop, just put it on your phone. But then I realized like, I'm the exact same way with like my lists and things like that. Right. I know. Yeah. I recently, like within the last year switched to like my calendar being digital, like for like my Google calendar, but I still like. And for a few months, I didn't have my planner that I just like love writing in. I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm going to go get myself a paper planner. But I do use like my digital calendar, but then I also have my planner. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Best of both worlds there. There you go. (laughs) I know. Recently, I wrote something in it and I had to go like go buy white out. And my kids were like, what is that? (laughs) I was like, leave me alone. I'm in eighth grade again. (laughs) This is awesome. You're like, don't worry about it. (laughs) 
Um, so what is your favorite or most effective way that you market your business? Um, truly, this is going to sound very meta, but being on podcasts is a mm-hmm. huge um, way for me to market my business and something that I really love doing. Um, and that's something that I, that I teach and that I do for my clients and kind of the reason for that, and I'll, I'll give the analogy here, but you know, sometimes people get really up in their heads about like, oh, well that podcast only has like a hundred downloads an episode. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I really want to spend my time doing that. And I'm like, if you got called to go speak in an event in front of a hundred of your ideal customers, you would be booking that flight, booking that hotel room. You would be out there in a heartbeat. And the beauty of podcasts is that you're going to get into the earbuds of a hundred different people who trust this host, trust what they have to say, trust what they're going to do. It, it, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my big thing is like, don't get caught up as much in the numbers because the audience is full. You know, if you're doing it strategically, which is like mm-hmm. what I teach, that your audience is full of who your ideal customer is. Yes. Totally. And they, like you said, like with the host, like, so there's already some sense of credibility and trust there. So it just makes it so much easier. You know, they're not completely cold. Yes, exactly. That's the thing is when someone comes to my list after being on a podcast or like, if if I know that they came over because they listened to a podcast, they are already a warm lead. Yeah. They already have that no like, and trust factor has been upped for them. Um, so, you know, they're, they're already further down the funnel than someone that I just maybe got from an ad or someone who just, you know, happened to hear something about me. If someone's listened to me on a podcast and they're like, oh, this, this chick knows what she's talking about. Like, I'm going to go follow her. I'm going to grab her freebie or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, a much stronger potential lead for me. Yeah, totally. And I mean, with like, you know, everybody being home and, you know, life's just different now, a little slower. Like I heard like podcast listening is up like a crazy amount. Dude, it's insane. I mean, that's the thing I also always say to people is no matter your niche, there are podcasts yeah. like for you. There are over 1 million shows. Are there really? Shows. Yes. Dang. So that's not individual episodes. Right. That is the shows. And that is crazy. Um, and over 55% of Americans have listened to a podcast and 24% of them listen to them weekly. Dang. Um, that is, that's like 68 million people. That's a lot of um, And, you know, my husband and I, we're that way. We both have our podcasts that we like to listen to every week. We have ones that we listen to together. We each have our separate ones. There's ones for kids. I mean, there's literally podcasts for every single niche outlet, everything like that. So I just think there's such a huge opportunity for online entrepreneurs to be on podcasts, to get their message out through podcasts and ultimately get more customers and people on their list. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Recently I learned about a podcast and it's totally cool. I mean, what the people are amazing and we're all so different. It was like a podcast of like, it was a, it's a husband and like three of his wives and like, they all live, like they talk about like their life. Like I met her via like a podcasting, like networking thing. And I was like, Oh, I had no idea. That wow. Of things are out there. Like I, cause I I'm listen not, to I'm business gonna need to podcasts. Go ahead and find that. You're going to have to DM me the name of that one. Cause <laughs> that, that sounds intriguing. Yeah, I know. And she's, I know it's so funny. They have like separate houses and like he goes back and forth and I was just like, huh, that's cool. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously and like people 
tune in every week, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I listen to podcasts about random stuff, so I completely get that. Yeah. And I didn't know like the, the true, like the crime ones are like huge. That's my, that's my, uh, that's kind of my, my, really I'm obsessed with my favorite murder. I, my husband and I both love that podcast. Um, and I have turned many friends onto it. Totally. The true crime, um, is, is if not the number one category, it's got to be number two. Yeah, it seems huge. I see, I hear about it all the time. That is so not like, I don't listen to stuff like that. Like I don't watch or, you know, even like yeah, Law and Order or things like that. I'm like Hallmark oh, movies or Arrested. That's like my lifeblood. Really? <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I'll just drink more. While I yeah, exactly. I mean, this so- in my life. <laughs> Um, so what do you do, you know, to get out of your comfort zone, like to, you know, move your business forward to grow and do you have any advice or, you know, any tips for business owners to get out of their comfort zone? You know, this is going to kind of probably sound like a weird, um, getting out of your comfort zone thing, but I talked about Trello. I, um, to me, a part of getting out of my comfort zone is putting deadlines on things and is, saying like, okay, this needs to get done by this time. Then you need to do this. Here's the steps that you need to do it in. Because I think I have this like fear that it would stifle my creativity. Um, if I had to like be doing things by certain times and I had to be doing it in this, you know, in this particular order and stuff like that. But now I've realized like, no, this actually helps me accomplish more, um, and be more creative because I'm able to, like dedicate a certain amount of time to something. Right. Um, whereas I think before I was just so worried about, um, well, this isn't going to be my best work because you're saying I have to do it, you know, by X, Y, Z. So for me, that's been something that I've kind of had to get over, but I'm very glad that I'm, you know, working my way towards that. Um, when it comes to getting out of comfort zones in general, though, I mean, I think so many of us, especially as women, we suffer from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that happen all the time when it comes to publicity. Um, people like don't pitch themselves because they don't feel like they're an expert, right? Or they don't feel like they're the person that should be talking on XYZ subject. And I'm here to tell you that you are. Um you know, Amy Porterfield had a interview once that was like, she had her interviewee on, and I don't remember the name of the interviewee, but they were like, to be considered an expert, you need to have 10% more knowledge than the average person. That's it? 10%. 10%. That's nothing. And I guarantee that you, me, anyone who's listening to this has way more than 10%, you know, more knowledge than probably the average person on whatever their particular niche is. Mm -hmm. But that's all you need to have. As long as you know somewhat more than someone else, you are absolutely ready and poised to be doing this. And there's always enough room for new voices. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that teach publicity or they teach media relations or that type of thing, but I don't let that get in the way of me being out there on podcasts, me doing my own thing um, as well, because I know that I have a unique voice in that space. And that's something that I hope more and more women and female entrepreneurs um, will do as well and realize as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so true. Um, yeah. That imposter syndrome, you know, like that analysis paralysis that all of that, because it's so easy. Like 
getting on any social media channel, you know, or even trying to pitch, yeah. like you said, like, you know, and it's just, we have this fear that, you know, it's more ourselves than what other people are thinking about us. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, I was just about to say something else and now I totally forgot. <laughs> champagne. champagne. We'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come back around. Um, I know that that's <laughs> happening more often the closer I get to 40, but whatever. That's, oh, for, that's a whole too. other conversation. <laughs> no, me too, though. I, I agree with you 100%. I just turned 38 and I feel like my memory <laughs> the last year is really good. Yes, so. I know. Me too. Yeah, I just turned 39 last uh, last month. Oh, God. Yeah. Last month. I, and I, I was, like, think it's real. Like, I was like, oh, this is really happening. Like, I'm forgetting like words. Uh And forgetting things. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, it's really happening now. Right. I I thought my mom was, you know, full of it when she said, like, (laughs) but maybe not. Yeah, (laughs) I guess not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Okay. So we're to your favorites. Um, What's your favorite book? It could be more Um, than one, too, whatever. And it could be like any genre. I, um, when it comes to a business book, I don't read a ton of business books. but one that I really, really loved was Rocket Fuel. Um, and I don't know if you've ever read that one, but it's all about um, the integrator and the visionary, uh-huh. like in a business. And it made me realize that, okay, I'm a visionary. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I am. Like, that's what I hide. Like, that's how my personality is, stuff like that. And that's why I don't have some of these certain skills, like the organizational skills or wanting to take care of my accounting or wanting to do these other things because that's not like what I thrive in uh-huh. or like an integrator. They're someone that thrives in those other things. There's like, so basically saying like a business, like a successful business has to have like this yin and yang, mm-hmm. right? Like of these two things. And, you know, usually it's two people um, at a certain point that they're able to have, you know, they're able to kind of rocket, like launch your business because you start to have the vision and the, from the visionary is taken a lot of that stuff that drains their energy. And it made me realize that like, oh, I'm not a bad entrepreneur because I I think I got to this point where I was like, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Like, cause this is not the stuff I want to do. Um, and it made me realize like, oh no, it's just that you are this part of the entrepreneur plan and you need to recognize that there's this other part and that's what you need help with and understanding that that's what you need help with. And that's okay. So that you can be the better you know, visionary or the other, the, be- the better other part of that business. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, I've never even heard of the book, but I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to look into it because it actually reminded me of what I just forgot to say a minute ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I t- recently, this week I took a test, like it's like a, like a personality test kind of, I took it yeah. for this coaching program that I'm part of and it's CVI. And um, so it came my results came back as a banker and innovator. And so I analyze a lot of things and I have to like read and really feel like I know 150% before I'll take action on anything. Okay. Whereas for instance, you would probably be like the innovator. Like that's like you're dreaming of things and it's like, oh, I I just did this, but then now I'm going to make it do this. Like I want to do it and then you build on it more. Yeah. Um, and then there's a builder and they're just kind of like the ones that are like, all right, get it done, you know, yeah. go, go. And then there's also like a community one. I think they were the merchants. So my two strongest one. And so the same kind of thing is like, I always would pull back on like courses or 
services or things that I want to do because I would analyze the hell out of it. Right. So yep. just seeing that and recognizing like, oh, that's cool. That's just kind of my personality. Now I know I can push through that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or find the help that you need yeah. to get those other parts done. And I think that's what's, that's what's so important. It sounds like that's exactly kind of the revelation you had with that as well is like, I don't need to change my personality. I just need to, or I need to change the way that I do things. I mean, I obviously need to change the way I do some things, but you know, I need to, I, what I need to do is recognize this and, and find who, what, how, what can help me to get to the next level you know, utilizing my strengths. Yeah, totally. Like you just said, recognizing that that's, I think that's the key. Like if we can recognize, you know, our strengths and weaknesses and, you know, ask for help and just be able to recognize and move exactly. forward from there. Yeah. It was funny when you said the 150, like you got to know, like I am, I am totally the opposite of that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you just like put an idea in my head. Like, let's just do it. Like I'm like ready, ready to go. So I completely like, I understand that there's like everybody has this, there's this huge range of how people feel on doing those things. I'm like ready to go once I kind of have an idea in my head, but other people, they want to know every single thing about it. And I completely get that too. So it is just recognizing that and, and kind of going from there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited. I'm going to check out that book. Cause I feel like it'll build on that more. Uh, yeah. I forget the, I know the author's first name is Gino. Cause I just thought that was awesome, but I don't remember his last name <laughs> off the top of my head, but the book was great. Seriously changed how I looked at my business. I loved it. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite drink? Oh man. Well, my favorite morning drink is coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, big coffee fan over here. I love and that you're breaking then, it up into times of day. Cause I'm the same way. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like coffee and then a sparkling water. Yeah. I like have it like all worked out. Um, I love having coffee in the morning. I know it's like not great for me. I know there's a bunch of other things I could probably have, but I, I'm a a Portland girl. I'm an Oregon girl. I love coffee. That's that's and good coffee. Like there's so much good good coffee coffee out here. Yeah. I need good coffee and that's what I want in the morning. So, um, I have that and then I love, love, love wine. Um, so I was actually at an event last night, the first like event I've been to in months and months, but it was out here at a um, drive-through or a drive-through, a drive-in movie theater. Oh, fun. Um, and they had like a bunch of Idaho wineries were out and they were tasting. And then we watched the movie was sideways. Oh um, yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. fun one. <laughs> and it was just a super fun night. And it was so fun because I, there was actually a new winery that I had never had before. And so getting to try her wines was really cool and stuff like that. I just, I love wine, but I love the culture around wine, like not in a snobby way. Um, but I love wine tasting. I love, love, love to have just like, have a good time, have fun. I mean, I grew up in the Willamette Valley. Yeah. So I grew up around all these wine, you know, kind of in this wine region. Um, and I just, to me, it's just something that, you know, I really enjoy. Like I have a wine collection, um, you know, for my 35th birthday, my husband surprised me with a trip to Sonoma County, like, you know, stuff like that. Like it's, it's just something that I really enjoy. Yeah, I agree. Cause you know, it's when I think of wine, it's like family and good food and yeah, you know, just gathering like, and yeah, I, I'm the same exact way. Um, how are the wineries out there in Idaho? I've never tasted any. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to come out and I will love Boise and you will be, I think you will be very, very pleasantly surprised. Um, I'm pretty snobby about like, especially like Pinot Noirs and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, of course, obviously. (laughs) Um, 
And uh, if anyone doesn't know, the Willamette Valley is very famous. For yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I first moved here, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know, you know, how this all is going to be. And there, the wines just keep getting better and better. And a big reason for that is um, that they, ha- they have a huge female winemaker, like, thing going on here. A lot of the winemakers are female. And a lot of them are boomerangs. So they grew up in Idaho, but then they're trained in, mm-hmm. actually, I think one was actually trained at St. Michelle, which is where you got the brute um, yeah. from here. You know, they're trained at like uh, st- like Stag Leap in Sonoma, Napa, mm-hmm. like that type of stuff. And then they come home or they come back to Idaho because they can actually afford to open a winery. Right. Um, they can afford to maybe even get land. They can afford to do these things that like, if they were to try to do that in Napa or they're trying to do that in, you know, um, uh, you know, other areas, like they just wouldn't be able to afford it right off the bat. Yeah, totally. Um, Even here in the Hood River Valley, like totally. my husband totally. and I talked about, you know, because we had a farm before and we're like, well, okay. let's not farm, but let's, you know, grow grapes and do wine sure. at some point. And the, I mean, same thing. It's so it's, expensive. It's so expensive. And so for a lot of them, they come here to to do that. And so um, I think it was something like the stat was something like in 2000, there were 10 wineries in Idaho. And now we have, I want to say like over 60. Oh, um, that's awesome. There's a lot of wineries. There's um, a huge um, kind of wine tasting area that's, there's a lot in Boise, but then there's um, a big like area where you can like, you know, go to the different winery, like the actual, um, you know, vineyards and stuff like that. That's about an hour outside of Boise in a place called Caldwell. And, um, so that's really fun, you know, about once a year, I mean, not this year, but most years we (laughs) rent a bus and a bunch of our friends, like we go and do a day in the Idaho wine country and everything. And we have a great time. So, um, yeah, the wine is good there and, um, it's just getting better and better. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's good to know. Um, what's your favorite thing to watch? Well, we kind of talked about it. That's true. Crime. um, (laughs) I, I love me a foreign crime procedural. (laughs) Trauma. <laughs> so are you like into like the you know 48 hours and like the day no line? I don't necessarily like okay. true okay. Um, crime I mean I, I shouldn't say I don't I, I do but not not at the same level as I love like um I just love like a good story yeah so like my like a good story slash mystery my degree is in writing so like that's this is something that I'm, I just love storytelling, right? Like yeah. that's something I'm, I'm very passionate about or very into. And, you know, I was just watching one on Netflix. My husband has no interest. So I watch them after he goes to bed. Um, <laughs> but called like Jiri Haji and it's a Japanese and British, like it was like the BBC and um, some kind of station in Japan, like team together to make this crime drama that like takes place half in Tokyo and half in London. Oh, that's cool. Um, like that type of thing to me. And like, you kind of get to see the inner workings of like the Yakuza and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of what I like is like seeing a glimpse into a world that like, I'm never going to know. Right. Right. Like kind of getting a glimpse into something that's a little different. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff. Well, let's that I hope you watch. never know. <laughs> yeah. But then on the flip side, I love to watch like Gilmore girls and yeah. <laughs> you know all other stuff too. So there's um, that balance, you know? Yeah. There's that balance there, you know, the coffee and the wine. Right. The crime and the happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Um, and lastly, where's your favorite place to go? The beach. Yeah. Um, I love going to the beach. I grew up going to the Oregon coast. Um, a bunch, my grandparents had a place in Manzanita, 
So we'd go up there a bunch. And then we also, my mom's side of the family has a cabin in Waldport, which is just south of Newport. Mm-hmm. So that was basically where we went all growing up all the time. We were on the coast. Um, so I absolutely love going there. I That's the one thing that's hard for me about living in a landlocked state yeah. um, is not being able to easily go to the coast. Um, we are going to go in October, so I'm excited for that. But, um, you know, that part is hard. Um, but I love like the Oregon coast and the beauty of it and stuff. But I mean, I also love like my husband and I went to Cabo in November. Like I also love going to like nice sunny beaches. Yeah. Warm um, beaches. As well. And just chilling out and, um, enjoying the water and enjoying the view and just hanging out. Yeah. I, beaches are amazing. They're just so relaxing. They are to me. That's like the ultimate, um, relaxation. Yeah, me too. I, my husband totally disagrees because he gets all anxious about like seeing in the vein and the kids are all dirty. And I'm just like, Oh, whatever. Like shut up and drink your free beer and enjoy it. Like, <laughs> there you go. That sounds like exactly a conversation I have with my husband. So yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, so where can everybody find you? Uh, website, social media, and yeah, make sure to send me the course link so I can put that in the podcast. Yes, notes. I will send the waitlist link for that. That would be awesome. You can find me on Instagram at, at publicity X. Christina and it's Christina with a CH. Um, I just use the X for buy, mm. um, but publicity by Christina at on Instagram. Um, and I like to think that I share funny um, Instagram stories so you can hopefully watch and laugh along with me. Um, and then I like them. <laughs> always grab, thank you. Always <laughs> grab a freebie to, um, I always have something for download on my website, which is publicity X Christina.com publicity by Christina.com. Um, And there's always something at the top of the page there that you can grab um, as well. And I just hope that your listeners are able to go and take advantage of those resources um, because I know as business owners that, you know, you do need to be getting yourself out there and publicity is a really great and expensive way to do that. Yes. I love that. And it it totally too. And I think, you know, a lot of times we hear publicity and you think like celebrities or, you know, things like that too. And Mm -hmm. that's really not, not what it is. Nope. Nope. I mean, that's one facet of it, but that's well, yeah. just one small facet of it. And that's what I'm saying. And at the beginning, like people get really in their head about that, that like, I'm not big enough or I'm not important enough, or I don't have tens of thousands of dollars to hire a publicist or whatever. And the fact of the matter is that you don't need that. Yeah. Um, you just need to know, you know, kind of the formula for research and writing pitches. Awesome. Well, and it sounds like they can learn all that from you. Sure can. Yay. Well, this has been so, so much fun. Thank you, Nicole. I had a great time and I've gotten to drink champagne. So it's a real win-win for me. Yay. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. So I know you're crazy busy. Thanks for joining me and um, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.